So, we going? Yeah. So let's do this, man. Rob, you gonna fucking clap or something? Give us a clap. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say about Chrissy? Yeah. And you yeah, but we didn't clap. That was before the clap. <laughs> it was before the clap. You know, it's always after the clap. It's, it's always, it's always before the clap. That's a real life. After the clap, no bueno. Um, <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. It's Rob from National Fire Radio. Very excited tonight in the studio with Flo and Ben. Jeremy, Tucker, Rob, Mike, Mike, and Chad's not going to really say much because he's not allowed, but he's here. Wow. Let's <laughs> <laughs> the, the camera. camera. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was that? Well, that was a great. All right, so, yeah. All right, so if, if we're all right, one, if we're doing no, we got to start over. This blows. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. That was terrible, Rob. Because are we going live with this? Are we set up for live? We can go live whenever we want. We're not That's going live right now. Okay. Well, I want to because it sucks right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Jesus, thank God we didn't. <laughs> As a rule, I generally go live, but I'm like, all right, good. We got some good shit here. Let's fuck. Oh man. And Jeremy's already taken a break. Fucking. I think that's gonna be the first time we've had a legitimate blooper reel on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Well, all right. There's always a first for everything. Hey, Rob. Let's start. You ready? I am. Watch what he's doing down there. Hey, everybody, it's a... <laughs> I don't understand. Take three and a half. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Very excited tonight. We're in the studio with Flo and Ben. We've got Tucker, Jeremy, myself, Rob, Mike and Mike, and Chad, who's all going to have a limited uh, input today because we were told that he was restricted on his words, but we'll see how he works out. So, what's going on, guys? Chad, you'll do Sorry, great. Guys. Yeah. You'll do fine. Yes. Just follow the cue cards. Yeah. <laughs> they all say Jeremy National Fire Radio. All right. So, yeah. so, I'll give you a signal like this, and you'll be like, that's a home run. <laughs> yep. All right. So, we're starting that way. Anyway, guys, welcome. Uh, Rob always starts us off, and then I tend to just jump in on top of him. But um, I have to say this. Uh, this has been a long time to make, and we were just talking about this before we yeah. even started. Um, Mike and I have known each other for many, many years. I've known Chad for many years. We all run in the same circles. Mm -hmm. um, New Jersey, and I, I have to put a little plug in for New Jersey while we do this. There's a lot of incredible yeah. things coming out of the state yeah. right now. A little state, but making a big impact on the fire service. Um, and uh, we're happy to have you guys here, man, and just uh, hearing your story. Um, Rob, Mike, Mike, Chad. Got it down pat. All right. Listen, man, we want to dive in. Like, what's the story of flowing Vent? Where do yeah. you come? Where do you come from? What are you doing? Why are we just started? Why? Yeah. We, yeah, we just started. No, it's uh, it was kind of a beast back in in thirteen. Uh, a bunch of us from our mutual aid came together as a, a venting group and started out. You know, guys weren't getting trade. You know, it was that awkward where a lot of the older guys were either leaving or kind of just you know you had families now. Right. And there was kind of a loss with the younger crowd. So we came up. We were just always venting, talking about training and whatnot, and. Um, you know, it, <laughs> cheesy enough, it, it turned into like, you know, we started making these little training clips and it just it grew and grew. You know, at first it was called New Age Fire Tactics. It was cheesy as hell. <laughs> this, you're like, what are a bunch of kids going to do with this? Right. But then, you know, a couple of years went by, it went kind of rogue. Then we did a duty crew program in our area, you know, joined up with Mikey. He sold the animal and then it really started to, uh, it started to fly. Yeah. And then like, as you guys see the last so couple of years. So how long after that was like? the start of mm -hmm. the whole thing to the point where you actually became flowing. Two years, maybe? Maybe two years, yeah. It really started off, at, it, it honestly, it started off as just a group of us that would get together and complain about everything, <laughs> and everything we could find to complain about yeah. in the fire service, we complained about. 
and how we would fix it and how would, you know, four 20-something-year-old kids fix the fire service. You know, the question everybody has. Absolutely. And um, it, it kind of started as that. And then I think Rob and I started talking more about training and mm-hmm. you just get behind things. Because like Rob said, it did start off with that. At, at that point, yeah. we were all in departments that the older generation was leaving. The younger generation had the middle-aged guys. And the middle-aged guys had families, young kids. And it, it just, there was no common denominator. And we, we had, to, there had to be a common denominator somewhere. And that and that's where we kind of got the idea from. Yeah, I mean, like like the one kid went to he, he wrote in PG for for eleven, so he was big into it. Like I mean, he was a was a fire fire suppression engineer, one of those whatever the college part. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. the degree everybody gets. Right. He's now a cop down there, and like even now he'll shoot us messages here and there. But he's like this thing, you know. He even sees it. He's like, you guys are like, this is more than just oh here's how I. Tape right out again today. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's like you know, like the way you guys are growing up, the way that the hook and cam pages are growing up. It's you know, yeah. like I said in your previous podcast, this thing, the Jersey scheme is really starting to Jersey oh, grow off without a doubt. And I think I think what's fun about that for for me is I think it's just it's just the the way the fire service is happening. And you know, I kind of want to back up to a few things, but just to go a little bit deeper on that is once some once something's good. The Flow and Vent group, you guys are growing. Hook and Can are growing, right? So National Fire Radio, we, we're not even a year in yet. You know, like these are things that like we're having success. And then as those stories of success get out there and we, we gain following and some street credit and, and, you know, validity to what we're doing, you start to see a lot of pages pop up. Yeah. And so like I would say in the last six months alone, yeah. the amount yeah. of like training pages that yeah. have popped up is incredible. Right. Oh yeah. And this is something I definitely want to dive on to dive into as we go. But I want to just backtrack a little bit to what Mike said, and Rob, you too, is that you guys were a bunch of twenty-year-old kids sitting around a firehouse talking about how you would make changes and change the fire service to make it better. Mm. Every twenty-year-old kid does that. Yeah. Because every twenty-year-old kid thinks they know more than they do. Absolutely. Right. And we sit in departments where we always think our department's the worst one. Mm-hmm. Right, it's always, always better somewhere. It's always else, better. Right? It's, it's always, always green. green. Right, always. So, so there's always something better, and we want to pursue. And we're so good, and we're so gun ho, and we're so much better. And I'm not slamming twenty mm-hmm. years because I was the same. I was the same way. Right. I think where I'm going with this is I huge kudos to you guys for doing something about it. Because 99% of the time, those 20-year-old kids will sit and bitch and bitch yeah, and bitch. And, just and they don't take it anywhere. Oh, and that becomes no, they toxic. Do. They become they become old men. It, it, right. It but, so, Rob, talk about that. Yeah, talk about that. Well, no, I, just say, I think that's because uh, when you guys were talking about like, how you were in a venting group, a lot of times you look at any, I don't want to say any group in society, but really any group in society and, and what's their problem, they're stressed and they don't have a way to vent that out mm-hmm. and, and put it out there and like oftentimes like i know from you know therapy and critical and stress management um that when you're upset about something it's really an unorganized thought that's just giving you an anxiety and the minute that you say like hey man like i just think it's cool sometimes to wear my hat backwards even though i look ridiculous like now the thought's organized and it's yeah. out there and I, I think that's awesome that you like say you took it from mm-hmm. a, a venting group and i mean don't really get me wrong put it into something we vented a lot <laughs> we there's many phone conversations with all of us that just it's, yeah. it, it's just it's just how to you had to get it off your chest yeah and and like Absolutely. you said if if we didn't do something about it somebody would eventually have done something about it there would there would have been another flow event somewhere I believe but we were just the ones who said you know what instead of just 
bitching and moaning every single time something goes wrong. Yeah. Let's figure out a way yeah. to change Instead it. Just keep it. And then when we figure out a way to change it, let's promote the change exactly. to the guys that are coming up behind yeah. us. I think I think that's the biggest takeaway from this, right? Is that how do you make it worthwhile? You know, we all sit there and we all complain and we all have our sounding board, whether it's one guy or six yeah. guys that are willing yeah. to listen to you, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the guys that are willing to stand up and make the change because they don't like what they see or they think something needs to change. Those are the guys that are making a difference, mm -hmm. right? And, and I can't stress that enough because we, and I'm sure along with you guys, but we have a very large following of like 30 and under mm -hmm. for, for our yeah. content, right? And I'm sure you guys yeah, do totally. too. And I can't stress that enough. Like we hit on, you know, our pages are kind of different from each other because you guys are very much head over heels uh, training and we talk more about just tradition and culture mm -hmm. about the fire service. So this is a really nice mix to have you guys here because it's a lot of, it's different points of view, but it all comes back to the same common ground. But where I'm going with this is that so often these younger guys, they, they're looking at us and we have to lead by example, yeah. right? And the content we put out has to be um, in line with the best interest of the fire service and not best interest for us, but the best interest of what this job requires. And so for you guys to do that, I think more, I think where I'm going with this is the younger guys that follow us and follow you, I hope that they, I hope that they understand that what we're trying to put out is to make a better mm -hmm. end product. Yeah. 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 And to sit around and bitch and moan with your buddies and, you know, say that, you know, this needs to change and we don't do this right, but then they don't take any corrective measures and they'd rather just sit around and bitch about it but then go home instead of making a conscious effort to change exactly. yeah. is, is big. Because I think you could sit, you know, after drill night, get back, everybody's complaining, you know, the click goes over there, this click goes over right. there. You can complain all night, but why not do something about it? That's half the battle. Yeah, well, that's it. Yes. You know, because you're going to waste all that energy just sitting there complaining, throwing darts at somebody rather than taking a step back and <clears> like, all right, this is the issue. Well, let's talk to these three people. Maybe it will work. If not, oh well. And I think, too, like, you guys all come from different departments, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But you found each other. I know there was a duty crew program that you guys, mm -hmm. I guess, all came together in. But, you know, you guys found each other because you have a common theme, yeah. right? Yeah. You wanted to make a change. Like, you, you weren't satisfied with what was in front of you, or you felt that what was in front of you, you could make better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. And I think that goes to a testament of what you guys are doing now, because I follow your pitch, and I, you know, try to digest all your content that you put out. Mm -hmm. And I think you're doing really good things. And I think for the fire service in, in, in a whole, what you guys bring to the table is very valuable. And I think being on the platforms that we're on, we tend to take leadership roles over the traditional side because we're where today's attention is. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just where social media is. That's where, that's where everything is going, you know. And it, you're 100% right where, where, where today's attention. And if our page or your page or the hook and can or any page out there, training, app or anything, if it gives one good piece of advice to a firefighter, that's all I think we all want. I think, I think that's all we all ask. Absolutely. It just, to me, if one person walks away with something positive from us, mm -hmm. then our job is done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it's like some, sometimes we'll post a video or, or uh, you know, share a video from Christiane or Etna or something and put our take on it, you know. Just because they run the 400-footer this way doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but right. it might work for you. Right. So why not have the discussion that, mm -hmm. you know, like when we built the rig in the uh, Knives District, let's call it that, yeah. you know, we didn't have bumper lines. We had like a trash line. But, you know, you, you discuss it, you go, these guys run it this way, their, their piping is this way. It could be an interior line because you're not getting the rig in this way. So why not train on it now? And over time, the guys liked it, and now they use it that way. 
But again, it started with just to continue, just having that conversation is the first, the first step. And I think having that conversation, but being willing to have an actual conversation. Mm, yes. Because conversation just, is two ways. Yes. Well, right? And the other thing too, I just want to like jump in real quick is that, so one thing I found out about the fire service a couple of years ago is a really smart guy from New Rochelle, Barry Nietzsche's, and he's, he's a consultant and he mm. says, well, all people pay me to do is, you know, somebody comes up with a great idea in the fire department and they come back to their membership <coughs> and they say, hey, I have this idea on how to change a truck so it works a little bit better. And people go, no, Rob, we're not interested in anything you have to say, like, thanks a lot, but we're going to do it our way. And then, you know, but at the end of the day, like he comes in and he'll say the exact thing, same thing that Rob says. Yeah. And now it's, whoa, have you, Rob, how did you not hear Genius. about this? And you're like, I'm going to hit somebody with a brick in a minute. But like the, the pages provide that medium for people because they want to change. And oftentimes they'll be like, well, hey, like who's, you know, where did you find this idea? And it's like, well, hey, it's on this Instagram page. Well, I'm mm -hmm. like, look at what these guys are doing. And mm -hmm. I think that's one other, other way social media has really changed is now you, they can say, hey, yeah. see, it's working here. Why won't it work yeah. here? Does the fire burn differently in New Jersey? Yeah, exactly. You know, right. I saw a great meme we talked about on a podcast months ago that is um, firemen hate two things, the way it is and change. Um, and I think that, and, you know, like you brought up, Rob, you know, there's different ways of fighting fire across the country. It doesn't matter where you're from. You have your way of doing it. Our, our idea is show you how we do it, and maybe it'll work for you. Like you said, yeah. the consultant comes in, and all of a sudden it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, they've been doing it over here for, for 30 years. Mm -hmm. it, it's just with social media now, I feel that people's eyes are being opened. You know, the, yeah, blind, you, the blinders yeah. are coming off because you're so used to doing it your way, your way, that's it. Well, now... Oh, the blinders are off. There's different ways of yeah, doing yeah. it. It's the same objective, the same well, to goal. To get this before, you had to go to the major conferences, mm -hmm. like FDIC and that, and then you sit around a round table like this, and we yeah. talk about, hey, how are you guys fighting car fire and stuff? And before that, there was really none of that. And you never got together with people outside of your area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, well, we know how you fight the fire, and hey, did you see the way they do it? But everybody's like doing it the same way in the area because there really was nobody getting out and talking to people. But now with the internet, you know, just we do these little podcasts. It's getting to everybody yeah. if they want it, and then they yeah. can do with it what they want. Might try it. It may work for them. It may not. But you know, like you said, you threw it out there. Yeah, it's trial and error. And just because we do it one way doesn't mean you have to do it. Doesn't mean you have to change. It doesn't mean you have to even look at it. But just being open enough to to see. That there is another side of the coin is is a big step. I think in the whole yeah. fire service in general. I think too it's going to be really good because especially like here tonight, there's I I know and it's one thing that we've talked about. We know that we are making a difference. But like tonight, there's some somebody who's tuning into this podcast as a as a probationary member or they're new to the department, and they're getting frustrated and they're going to hear us talking about like these positive changes and how we're taking them and like that's going to give them the motivation to hang in yeah oh yeah no absolutely you know we talked about we we did a we did a probationary podcast our probate podcast and that was one of the things we said is like as much as it feels like you're underwater you, you just have to keep pushing because it's going to get better mm -hmm. and it sometimes it, like you said it does feel like they're just they're drowning and there's no light at the end of the tunnel and why did we do this why did i sign up there's there's no need but like you said you know someone's going to listen tonight and hopefully it changes their mind on that it's pretty wild, right? Like, I, I never expected when we started this that ever there would be 
or I would be, or Rob, or Tucker, any of us, Sevi, any of us would be put in a position of influence. Mm. Yeah. And every, I just looked at my, I just looked at my Instagram now, and there's eight direct messages sitting there that I haven't answered today yet because I've been on the road all day. And every single day, we get between ten to twenty direct messages from people all over the country, asking us our opinions, asking us for help, asking us for. Um, you name it, right? And this goes from a 14-year-old kid yeah. to a you know 70-year-old guy, yeah. you know? And it's just, it's really incredible because for me, I always preface it like, hey, brother, this is how I would handle it, but, you know, that's just me type mm. of thing, right? And I never expected that we would have any type of influence that we, I think, are starting to have. And so with that and where I'm going with this comes a tremendous amount of responsibility, Right? Like we talk about how great the internet is and we talk about how great social media is for the fire service and that this is where the attention is. Right, The next generation of firefighters is digesting content like this. Yeah. And this is where, you know, if fires are down, right, and these kids, you know, if we're talking about maybe the volunteer service for a minute or even career services, fires are down, call volumes up. I think a lot of our members with not that much experience gets a real false sense of, understanding of what this job is about, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. When when you don't go to a lot of fires, and but you're always at the firehouse and you're always running out on runs, you get very comfortable becoming an alarm specialist and you think that you're the shit, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That happens. I was one of those guys. I think all of us probably all one time, right? Exactly. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is that for us to have a formalized page, it's great to digest content on social media and it's great to see what people are putting out there. But when we have pages like ours with, you know, influence like you guys have with the amount of following and, and us and, and a lot of these other social media pages, with that comes a tremendous amount of responsibility that the content we're putting out, however we put it out, represents us, but it also influences the people that are watching us. Oh, yeah. Right. And we have to really be conscious of that. And what I'm concerned about is there is a tremendous amount, like I said in the beginning of this, in the last six months, there's been a huge uptick mm -hmm. in pages popping oh, yeah. up. I think it's great. I think anything that's trying to make the fire service better is good. However, because of the young viewership we have and you have, we I always preface it with this. Digest it. It might not work for you, but make sure it works. Exactly. Whatever you see is not Bible. Whatever you see is not truth mm -hmm. until you make it mm -hmm. tried and true yourself. And for you guys, like... For me, shit, we're just a bunch of guys sitting around talking about tradition and culture and a senior man and how, how the f workflow should be and what we want out of the job and what we expect and what you need to do. And you guys are talking about a whole different animal, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know the, the content you put out could influence a 20-year-old kid. And if that content's not legit, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you don't yeah. scrub yeah. that content to make sure that what you are putting out... Mm -hmm. Like, there's repercussions. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so maybe you guys want to talk about it, because I have to think that that type of content really weighs yeah, I mean, guys. We, we've caught, I mean, if, you know, with the social media animal yeah. itself, everybody's catching flack. Of course. No matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we've had plenty of haters, but if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. That's the way I look at it. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if everybody likes what you're doing, right. either you're full of shit, right. or you're just copying the technical yeah, yeah. to a T. Yeah. Right. Because there's so, many, there's so many times we're doing videos, and when we're posting the video, or we see something that we like. We test it out at least three times. It's like, I mean, it, it, and then even when you're writing a post, he'll send it to me, Mikey, Chad, and we'll proofread to make sure yeah, that it's correct. There's a whole process. It's just clips. there has to be. So like even these one minute clips, you like, you know, at first we were doing just the basic the iPhone video. Yeah. And then one of our guys who works for Panavision is like, Rob, you went to school for film. 
use your use your skills. Right. So now we've had those last couple coming out. Now we have the iPhone X. I think right <laughs> better <there>. skills. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's you know now you got to show two angles. You know, and then you got to discuss what went wrong, what what can go wrong, how to do it, why not to do it. Because some kid's gonna see you forcing a door and go, oh, that's the way to always do it. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely not. This is just how it worked on this prop in this instance. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. You always have to be ready for that. You know, it works for you. It doesn't work for them. But you always have to be ready for the one person who sends you that direct message. But we tried and it didn't work. Okay. We understand it didn't work. But did you do it the way we did it? Is it a special? Is there a reason it didn't work for you? Or are you just copy and paste and think what we're doing is what you mm -hmm. have to do? You always have to be ready for those people that tell you it doesn't work, it's never going to work, and you're full of shit. Okay, that's fine. Your, your opinion is, you know, we get it. It works for us. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people, you know, don't realize is, like, you know, Mike and Rob said that when we put something out there, it's proofread, it's washed, it's edited, it's, it's done so when we know we put it out there, we're giving you the best thing we think we're putting out there. And I think that's one, you know, when Jeremy talks about all these pages popping up and that is anything that's good for the, like that is good for the fire service with the responsibility. That's the responsibility end of it because it I think that right. even for what we do here, we're talking about culture and tradition and, and like I said, the senior man and all this other stuff like, and some apparatus uh, innovations. First time I didn't say interceptions. Apparatus high. But like there's a responsibility to do that. There is. It's a lot of work. But, yes. You know, you mentioned that. It's funny. Mike, one day we had Lucas, Mike, we and we were, doing, we were just doing door shots all day. And they came up with this really wacky way where you put the pry in first and you bang in the, you know, the hook part. I, it was wacky, but it worked. Yeah. You know, you got more leverage on one shot. I didn't post it because it's kind of wacky. Yeah. To be honest. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was using a straight hook. And the flaw that I found is, you know, we were using a door prop and that has a Everybody lot has of give. And, like a, and when we tried gapping it, I'm like, well, it works, but doesn't really at the same time it works for this prop and yeah. theoretically you could do it but it's going to take longer yeah so. you're going to waste your energy and, 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 yeah. and that's where like you know we just talked about the responsibility yeah. that's where okay you know yeah we tried it worked but it wasn't pretty yeah. but it still worked but if we put it out there yeah. how many people are going to do this and god forbid it's in a life and death situation exactly. and it doesn't go right. the right way mm -hmm. and it's because of what we put out there yeah and you know you see everybody you know all the big names the big three they have their training pages you know, all these little ones are popping up. It's great. But just the biggest, most important thing is just stay open. You know, that's, that's, can you teach it? Is it natural? That's, that's a whole nother animal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because some people will be like, oh, that's it. We're done. Locked in. Yeah. And I, I yeah. And, you know, the other thing I want to hit on too, and, and you guys made a good point of it. Um, I had a conversation uh, when the Misfit guys started, mm -hmm. right? Um, I talked to the Bo and Z. I talked to those guys at length before they started their page. Mm -hmm. And we talked for quite a long time, and um, and I just talked to Bo today, actually. Um, I talked to him every couple of days, great guy, um, great young fireman out of Memphis. I mean, he's just doing great things. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, I told them, though, I said, you have a tremendous responsibility. If you want to start this page, you have a, a tremendous amount of responsibility because you very quickly could become something bigger than what you are. Yeah. Yes. And I said, and you have to understand that. And then I said, the other end of it, I said, please understand that this is, a, this is work. Right? If you want to make a difference, it's work. Like you guys post continually five to seven times a day. Like we do the same thing, right? You gain you gain growth and a following that way, but it's also to validate who you are. Mm -hmm. Right? And so where I'm going with this is when you do original content like we all do, the amount of time it takes oh, yeah. to put out original mm -hmm. content is mind-numbing. 
and I think about just putting out one post. For a minute clip. Yeah. A minute clip, how much time it takes. Right. And, and you know, for people that are listening and, and watching down the road and so on, you know, a lot of these guys don't do any of this. Yeah. And so I have to say, when I, where I was going with the Misfits, where I was talking to Bo, and I said, Bo, understand that, you know, if people, you know, want to see more from you, understand it's more time. Mm -hmm. Right? People, we're not, we're not just copying and pasting. Yeah. Right? It's not a buff page. Yeah. Right? We're not copying and pasting and, and, you know, we are creating original content. And when you create original content, it's a tremendous undertaking. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a big difference from guys that can spit out 100 posts a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, anybody can repost pictures, you know? Absolutely. Just do it for you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so anyway, I wanted to hit on that too. But anyway, so let's let's move a little bit. Let's talk about how you guys kind of got into this. I mean, we talked about, you know, who you are. We talked about you guys came together and a bunch of 20-year-olds sitting around like we all did, right? And you guys wanted to make a difference. But, like, what kind of background? Like, where, you know, you don't have to, whatever you want to talk about, but... Like what fuels your desire to do this, right? Like why? I don't know. For me, for me, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a first generation American, straight up. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried it. I was one. Of, I'll be up front. I was one of those kids that did it for college credit. Joined the volleys for college credit. Tried it out, but it stuck. You know, I went there, went to Colorado, interned there, came back, kept riding in all the areas. Ended up working on my masters. Worked in the city for a little bit, and then you know got hired and still volunteering. Right, I love it. So you're on the job now, right? Yeah. Career fireman, and you still volunteer? Yeah. Gotcha. Love it. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, just like I said, the content. You know, you, you, we all grew up watching the videos from the from the big companies. They're right. Great. <clears throat> but how? <laughs> but you know, to to an extent, like you said, with the younger generation, like, all right, I'm gonna watch a six seven minute clip. You know, I know, like, for the younger guys that I've been able to mentor, as as young kid, you're still mentoring these days. It's crazy, but. You know, they're not going to take away the same information that, you know, the older generation might have taken away from that video. Right. So why not hit all the points and keep it rolling? Kind of, and that was kind of my approach to it. And I, you know, it seems like it's working, it's grown, but, you know, I've been a boss here and there in a couple towns. And well, why training? Why training? Yeah. I mean. Like, what, what got, what, like, okay, college credit, yeah. you come in, you get the hook, right? You like it, but, like, I know I a thousand guys that. I mean, for I know me, a thousand guys that love the job, yeah, but they yeah. just—they're not—they're not into yeah. promote. You know, they're just like, yeah, man, I love going to fires, but yeah, yeah, they're not swinging halogens every Friday night. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, for sure, I, I love it. I mean, for me, it was more than just, you know, the riding aspect. Obviously, like you said, call volume in our area for the towns I was on was down. Right. So you had to make up time and, and take care of it somehow, and the way it was was training. Yeah. So after that, it kind of grew. The older guys kind of let me, flo you know, float and take care of more objects, more. More opportunities and became the TO over there, and then once I started getting in at the la that level, you know, they were sending me to to Colorado for the crew training. You know, I met like the Joey D Foundation, the guys yeah. over there, and it just once I was in that network, you just you can't lose it. You love it, right? Because you're nonstop training. You know, even like this, sharing ideas, BSing with guys, and it goes a long way. You know, even even as something as simple as a tool. You know, like we brought back the Denver hooks to to uh, to, to Allendale. Right. They have them on three five. They're beautiful. They're crazy. There's a lot going on, but if you know how to use them, there's one less thing you have to carry. You right. still have now. You have another free hand to carry a halyard. Right. You know. So it just it kept going. It kept growing up, and you know, as Mikey said, it just now I started hanging out with Mikey, and now you know you get introduced into their training program. Right. You know, I had the opportunity to go where, where Tucker's from, help out with a couple of drills. You know, pilot. You know, concept classes that I you know did. They let me come in and take care. It was phenomenal. Right. And after that, it was just. I don't know if it was a drive or like a, it's like a, it's like a weird, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a weird connection, like a weird relationship. You know, once you get it, it's like, 
It's almost like a different level of the it's, fraternity. It's weird. Yeah. 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 To an extent, because you know, the doors open up. Right? Hey, yeah. what would you think of it? Come on in. Let's have a beverage. Talk about what happened today. I mean, it's like, I didn't think of it that way. Boy, it might work next time. Come back to the drawing plan and redo it. And you never know. It keeps growing. So I think that's one of the interesting things about New Jersey is that just being the outsider here from New York, like you guys have that ability to, because it's not just you who said mm-hmm. this, like there's other people we've had on the podcast who talk about that ability to work with each other and yeah. like go back to that drawing board and not have, I'm not saying that there's never been an ego that's mm-hmm. popped up in any of this stuff for you, but like somehow you've gotten a result yeah. where other places, it's just like, eh, screw yeah. that guy. Yeah. We're just not going to call yeah. him. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, we all, we all hit roadblocks here and there. The guy yeah. I break my chops, don't do that. It's stupid. Don't do that. But, you know, the other guys in the house start to pick up on it. And if the, you know, it's not about the majority taking over, but if guys start to train, the whole mentality of the house shifts. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I kind of controlled the output of it, but if more guys, so, you know, if one guy's running training by himself, company probably won't survive with training. They're just going to go back hanging out and that's it. But if, you know, one guy influences another guy and it grows into a giant group, you have a shot. How do we do it? And I, no, right? No, no, no. So sure. this is, yeah. these are questions this is, this is people have. And I'm sure you get that million dollar question oh, yeah. all the time, right? Hey guys, I'm a 20 year old kid. I'm in a rural fire department. We don't go to a lot of calls. I get the same old nonsense that we don't want to, you know, the guys are content with the way we are. Yeah. We're not New York City, right? Yeah. We're not this, we're not that, right? But I want to do more. Yeah. How do I change our culture? But because you're not New York City and those guys go out every day, you need more of that training yeah. because you're not doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in our area, yeah. we go in a lot of auto accidents, it, gas calls, it, and that it, sort of stuff. Easy. I think what Jerry And there's not out. as much firefighting. So you need to continuously mm-hmm. train on that so but you're up to date and remember how to do it. But getting that drive and, and creating that culture is where I think where Jeremy was trying to point. Because, like, I know there's departments in Pennsylvania and there's some really awesome departments and then there's mm-hmm. some that are just like, Exactly like what you would, you know, that's going to fit a stereotype anywhere in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that 20-year-old. Like, how do you get them to build that culture up? And I think really, it probably comes down to the buddy system. We teach it in the fire service. Yeah. Find yeah. that one partner and start training. It's always contagious from there. That's, you know what? Go ahead. That's go pretty ahead. much how I got involved was Rob was in the academy, and I had joined that year. And then around the summer when he finally finished up and he started being able to volunteer again, he saw that I was always around the fire department, but I didn't want to just sit there like I was doing stuff. And then that's when he kind of got me involved. And he's just like, well, I kind of run this training page. I want to take some pictures and introduce you. And then he saw that I had that drive that I didn't want to just sit here and do nothing. Right. Like I want to do it. And <clears throat> then we started bringing it there. And we don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a like you said, it's the buddy system. I think, and that's, I yeah. think, you know, and what, you know, it comes full circle from our page to your page, in my opinion. My opinion, one of the things the fire service really does lack is that backstep talk anymore. Is, yeah. that, ba- is that sitting at the table and just chatting. People, uh, t- people they tend to scatter. They tend to volunteer fire department, yeah. you come in, you sign your name, you yeah. jump all the radio, you scatter. Yeah. I'm somewhere think, else to be. It's not just volunteer. It's not just volunteer. Yeah. And in my yeah, opinion, it's, it's starting, it, it, it yeah. really is lacking. And... Anybody could sit at the table and tell war stories. Anybody could sit there and tell you how many times we went to a fire and how many times we did this and how many times we did that. I think one of the biggest things with training in our page is we want to have it that we can open up and we can talk about the training and debate about the training and, okay, you know, we just did a, a search drill. What went wrong? What went right? How would you change it? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest things, and I think that's not how you fix it, but if you start getting guys involved, and instead of just, we pull lines, 
we spray water, we pack hose, we go home. Instead of just doing that now, it's you pull the line. Okay, the Minuteman worked. What about the modified, modified Minuteman? What about the triple load? Mm -hmm. What about the donut roll off the front? If you start to <clears throat> expand people's minds, the conversation will come back. And with the conversation comes back, mm -hmm. that starts showing, you know, guys want, okay, well, they're really talking about something good tonight. Maybe I'm going to hang out for a little bit. You know, instead of just a quick sign your name and get out, or there, quick put your jacket back on. There also seems to be a lot less critiquing yeah. after even small drills. But we used to do it after we had yeah. giant mutual aid drills, mm -hmm. and afterwards the critique. The problem with that was it was critiqued amongst the bosses. Yes. Yeah. And it never flowed down. And right. if it flowed down further, then somebody might go, mm -hmm. oh, but, you know, I think what we did here. And they may not say anything there. But they may say something Back home. exactly. Yeah, and and then we're also not doing it for those small things. Let's say we run those drills that you're talking about. Well, did you talk to this guy that's brand new? What did you like? What didn't you like about that? I think so if you give things aren't going down the line, and they're not asking people to open yes. up and talk to them. I, I think if you give up people opportunities to think on their own, yes, it opens a lot of doors. Because, you know, in the fire service, sometimes things are just slammed at you. You're going to cut an A-post every time you go to the car accident. That's how we start. You cut the A-post. Then you cut the B-post. Or you pull this line off the rear. You pull that line from the side. If you give people an opportunity to start thinking, now it's opening up the door for a lot of conversation to be had all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things with training is, yes, we train with forging doors. We train with pulling. We train on everything. But don't just stop with the physical stuff. Sit down and talk about the training. Sit down and discuss what you guys did, how we can better it. There's always going to be another angle to look at. Mm -hmm. Look at every angle. If it doesn't work, do it the way you've always done it. Mm -hmm. But don't just, yeah. don't just keep on that straight and narrow path and never, never look another way. Yeah, that's like, you know, Michael attested this in our, in our Valley House. One thing that I'm big on that guys have liked and some guys have hated is just making sure that everybody's aware of what's going on in terms of... You know, why is the tanker this way? Why is the quint this way? All right, we've had it for 20 years. We might not need it. We might not have a need for it now, the way it was built 20 years ago, but at least I want everybody to know why and right. what could be done and what are the six options. You right. know, same with, you know, all right, you're the second new truck or the first new truck to, you know, a box outside your zone. All right, technically we should be doing truck work, but just guys, be aware of, we may be thrown as, you know, like everywhere around here, you might be throwing a hose line or stretch or whatever, mm -hmm. but... Just always have your your bases covered, and know why, how, when, or what. I think um, I think you guys hit a lot of great points. I think we missed one thing, and and this is a lot of what I stress is don't lower your standards. Mm -hmm. You know, we we talk about a, building a culture in the firehouse, right? And you know, you guys talk about training culture, right? We talk about popping doors, right? We talk about throwing ladders and stretching lines, and open communication about how we train is excellent, right? And I'm all about talk, right? And I think, you, Rob, I think you're 100% right. Open communication eliminates or takes away a lot of the potential for bitching and griping because if everybody's brought up to speed and everybody knows, then there's no question, mm. right, of the unknown, right? When we have a lot of unknown and things are gray, people will find room to complain and talk and, and yeah, so yeah. on, right? So open communication is huge. But my thing is, you know, we're talking about impressionable guys. We're talking about younger guys. And, you know, I talk about don't lower your standards. Don't lower, don't lower your position or your stature because 
your your position, you might be the new guy, but if you're gun ho about it, don't let the other guys drag you down. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that could be a tough battle for some guys. Without a doubt. And, and let me tell you something, brother. Like, the fire service is not easy. On all fronts, man. Yeah. On all fronts, right? Whether it's an actual going to work, or it's dealing with the bullshit back row stuff, or everything in between. It's not easy, right? It's a fraternity. Yeah. Right? And you're talking about a lot of different personalities under one roof, and everybody knows better than everybody else. It's finding that common ground. But for the young kid, you're right. They can get walked on. They can get stepped on. I always stress... Don't lower your standards. So don't. I, Go ahead, actually, I actually heard this quote today. He talks. It says, <laughs> uh, the quote says, "Don't we don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. So, um, like, that's exactly what you're saying. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? Yeah. It means that if you, if you think that you, if you're talking about doing something, like we were talking about before, but you're not doing anything about it and you're just going to bitch and complain about it, What's the point? Flow and event. Exactly. And to me, it's like what we're doing is exactly that. We don't want to rise to the level of our expectation. We want to follow. We want somebody to be able to go back on their training and take something away from it. And you know what's funny is you like recently on social media there was a post going around of like, I mean the saltiest of the saltiest guys, you know, working the door. Just mm-hmm. black and white. It was picture taken recently. It's like these guys have been doing this for forty years. It might be a door prop. But they've been doing it for 40 years. You want that guy or that one kid that's done it once? Mm-hmm. You know, the repetitions count. Look at, you know, football players. Super Bowl's coming up. They practice, practice, practice. There's a reason why they're at that level. Without a doubt. It's the same, in my opinion, not the same, but extremely close, you know, similarities with the amount of training you put in, you're going to get when you have to perform. Right, but that million-dollar question is that kid's in a department that's stymied and he can't train yeah. like he wants to. How do I make it better? How do I change this culture? Mm-hmm. And I simply say to him, don't lower your standards. Yeah. If nobody exactly. else wants to train with you, yeah. you train. Yeah. Yeah. You do exactly. everything you can do. If and they you don't know go what? to your house, go next door. You, right. like, like, you might meet somebody right. that's super buff down the street in the next house, next company, next town. They might say, hey, you know what? Here, sign this form. But you know what I love? Positivity is contagious. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, you know, there's so many negative people that want to bring down the positive ones because then everybody's miserable, right? Mm-hmm. But the guy that shines and the guy that stays true to who he is and if he truly wants to be better and he holds himself to that, and that's tough for a 20-year-old kid to do, to walk the line in the house with a, mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys, that's tough to do, right? But we have to instill that confidence in them and say, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Believe in your skills. Believe in what you want out of this because we all join. I don't care what your reasons are. My personal reasons is to better myself. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'm going to do is walk into an organization and lower my standards because there's a bunch of chumps in here. Yeah. Right? Rise above it. Yeah. And you know what? You rise above it, above it, there's probably another kid next in line that was the same way you were, but he wasn't as strong and mm-hmm. he might have been knocked out a few pegs. And you might just very much be able to get that next guy to join exactly. you. And then two guys are working a door prop or two guys are out running saws one night mm-hmm. and a third guy walks out and says, what are you guys doing? You want to build culture. It, it, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. You know, what we do in building our culture in the fire service, it takes time. This yeah. fire service is very, very old, man. It's the mm-hmm. oldest industry other than prostitution. What's so funny? That's it's a home run. It's, it's, it's a that is that's a history, run. man. <laughs> but you know where I'm going with that? Like, yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like, it's not, it is a million dollar question, right? Like, how do we do it? I don't know. That's my take on it, right? I think you nailed it, though. Positivity. I think you nailed it. And like you said, you know, you stay positive, it's going to get contagious. And it's going to be contagious. You know, one guy walk. One guy walks in 
in a crappy mood, it's going to bring people down all day. We does it all the time. We've seen it every, every single, single day. day. Private sector, in a firehouse, wherever you go. You're in a crappy mood, you're going to be down all day. Yeah. One guy walks into the firehouse and is willing to help the younger guy out or is willing to do something above and beyond, it's going to be conta- contagious. And if that keeps up, that's what's going to drive everything forward. I agree. And, and if it doesn't keep up, then it's just going to, it's a sinking ship. But it should be said, right? Like, we all have, we all have bad days. It, it, you're going to have had, a bad day. I had a horrific day yesterday. I, don't, I rarely ever have bad days. Yeah, but it's... Right? It I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bullshitting like that. I'm, I'm a very positive, straightforward guy. Freedom of the year. What did I tell you? You got one bad day down. Yeah. <laughs> and yesterday was my birthday. And I had a crappy birthday. Ugh. Right? And it was just a terrible day. All the way around. And uh, I'm so glad you started to live on that. Um, <laughs> but but it, was, it was a crappy day. And I called Rob. And I, I don't... Like, I, I was thinking about this today mm-hmm. in the truck. I was in a car all day today. And I was thinking about this. I rarely lean on anybody for mm-hmm. anything. I'm my own type of guy. And I don't, I don't really... I don't really have any idols. I don't really, there's no like anybody I really look up to. I just do my own thing, right? But I called Rob yesterday to talk about some National Fire Radio stuff and I ended up venting to him for like five minutes. Just about like, man, what a crappy day, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and it was cool because I rarely ever, ever do that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was just uh, really like right in my face. (laughs) But um, but what's your call? And it goes to show, but where I'm going with this is you know, building that culture, and a guy has a bad day and walks in the firehouse, that can tear down the whole place. Oh, yeah. It will. But, but if you have something good there, the other thing is you walk in the firehouse on a crappy day, and you know what? We talked about this with Pennington the other day on that mm-hmm. podcast that we put out. You leave everything at the door, and you walk in because you're there for the firehouse, yeah. and you know what? Your day gets much better. For, for years, I think, and Tucker, you could attest to this. For years, you guys can too. Whether you're having a bad day or a good day, whatever you were having... When you walked into that firehouse door, everything stopped, and you were at the firehouse. Yep. And you, either your day became better, or it, you know mm-hmm. your day was the day, and then when you left, you picked up where it was. You know, I think that still happens today. But if that one person can stay positive, if you're having a bad day, when you walk in the firehouse, I think it'll bring your mood up. And that and that's what needs to happen. Whether it's through training, whether it's through just you know a simple sitting on the back step and talking. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we talk about mental health like everyone talks about it, but it's something like that that you need in the firehouse that to get you through whether it's a bad day. To get rid of your baggage, that's a place you 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 need that. And and I think that that's where it lacks a little bit. And like I said earlier, you know, one of the things I feel that's lacking in the firehouse is that back step, is that tabletop talk. Whether it's you don't even talk about the firehouse at all. Whether it's eight guys sitting around a table just BSing. Talking about sports, I think it, it, it lacks in almost every firehouse because people are just so busy with life, they don't have time to just enjoy little things. Mm. And I, I is it, is it because we're so busy or is it because we're not willing to make an effort? Well, I think it's not even that. I think that we don't know how. Well, you know, okay. Because I think yes. that, like you sit down in the back step and, and you know, we, like, we'll, we can label the generations, whatever we want to say, but we take young people today and it's one thing I always talk about in my other world when I'm instructing, I said, look them in the eye, and they get uncomfortable with it. And I think that we don't have the skills to sit down and just be like, hey, Rob, Rob tell me what's going on. Mike, tell me what's yeah. happening. Yeah. And understand, you don't have to say it. You don't have to give them the answer. You just got to let them just yeah, but, get yeah, open the channel. But it takes somebody yeah. to facilitate that conversation. Thanks God we're doing it tonight. 
But, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, you're right. I agree yeah. because like I tend to be that facilitator. When I'm at the firehouse, it's always story time, and guys will always yeah. hang out longer. But I do find my time is limited more now than ever. Unfortunately, right? but but we have to make that conscious effort to say like, man, if I run out of here right now after this call and not spend an extra five ten minutes, right? Or on a career side, you get back from the run and everybody go in the kitchen and just grab a grab a seat for five minutes and. Mm-hmm. Just wind down after that mm-hmm. run, and, and mm-hmm. you know, so on. But the thing is, if if we don't do that, we're losing touch. And it could be the old guy, or it could be the young guy. But what we're doing is passing down the bad traits, right? Mm-hmm. The, the traits always come from the top down, and that even goes from the chief on down, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever your department, volunteer career, whether it's your officer or the chief of department, it trickles down. And if there's a culture of, you know, lacking, we were in Westville, New Jersey last week shooting mm-hmm. content. And you want to talk about a fire department that understands where they came from. They have museum showroom cases in their meeting room of old props and old things that they have. They absolutely value where they came from. And it was two companies that came together in one as one in the 80s. And from there, they carried on those traditions. But all those products are now being moved to a different room so that their, their now department can start and start documenting its new traditions, right? Because the old traditions came from two separate companies, and now they have a new company, and so they want to start their own traditions and values with the new mm-hmm. company, right? But, but you even, even at the same time, like their apparatus, I, I was I was blown away that on their ladder truck they had the federal Q siren from their Maxim ladder truck mm. and the bell from the seventy six Mac, yeah. and then they had like their the ladder pipe paint schemes, the whole nine yards. But like their ladder pipe was from the last ladder truck, wow. so like they're always carrying that tradition along, and it's like. I think, you, I think you see that in a lot of places, which I know, I know we do. Okay, yeah. we do. But but here's my thing, right? Wow. So now, now we have all these old guys around. How often are they sharing that story with the new guy that comes in? That, and, and I agree, and that's the and that's the issue. It's, you know, we talk. The about, new guy runs out, and the old guy might be willing to sit there. And but talk. also, if the young guy would stop looking at his phone and come up and approach, bullshit. I call bullshit, Tucker. The old guys look at their phone just as much as the young guys yeah. do. I don't look. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, like, and that's, it's, it's not it to you got your earbuds on, but listen, I love you to death, but I'm, I think that that sentence is really an easy way to cop out of this conversation. I hear it, well, all, it's a I hear it all the time, street, but you know, you, you, in our day, you still had to approach the old guy. I, I understand mean, that, but because if you ever, they, you know, everybody's a, unless you approach them, they kind of hold back. Now, if you ask me a question, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what story is but if you don't come up and ask me you know it's, but why should I have that but there's but why should I have to ask because there's why still, don't you share it with me well we we do to an extent but it's to bring in other people into the realm yeah but it's a two-way street I'm saying that but it also has to go the other direction too they have to open up as well and come and say hey you know and we always pick out those people that you see kind of wandering off and you grab them and hey what's mm-hmm. going on yeah. that kind of thing but sometimes they don't open up but you know they have to also see that as hey there's there's part of your outlet yeah tell me about your day i don't care about your friends i don't even know them but if you want to open up and say this person's doing that i'll listen to you and i think that's what's lacking because people go to their phones mm. and they'll put in these one second things to somebody which i don't think helps their mental health but if much. you engage if you engage they put this down if there's engagement Right. If yeah. we if we're at the firehouse and there's and there's guys sitting around engaging, these things don't come out. They only come out when somebody's fidgeting and they want something else to do. Mm-hmm. 
If they're not comfortable, but if the fidgeting is a lot quicker because they have that. It's almost yeah. like the old no, days listen, where people I picked that. up a cigarette. But, but understand, they had but, nothing to do. but understand too, right? This could be today's cigarette. Yeah, right. Yeah. While you're talking to me, I do this at work all the time. I'm on the phone with a guy taking talking to somebody, but I'm on my phone doing something else. Like people also can't be so sensitive about the fact that there is a phone now involved. Everybody owns one. Everybody uses one. We use them at different levels depending on who you are. I, listen, whether you look me in the eyes or not, if you're listening, if you're willing to engage, right? I can engage somebody and still have this in my hand. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. What I'm saying is, though, is that we have to engage. When people are engaged, these go away. And yeah. the proof was the other night in Westville. Like, we got that opportunity oh, to sit awesome. down with them, and we started kind of talking about what it was that we do at National Fire Radio and why we do it. And nobody was up to being their Instagram. Nobody was, you know... Because we had everybody engaged. Right. Everybody was committed. Everybody was engaged. And that's where I'm going with this at the firehouse, right? It's like, when we're at the firehouse, let's engage. If we engage, right? But typically it takes one or two guys to be that catalyst. It does. And if those characters aren't there, it's a whole different animal, yes. right? So how do we, how does Jeremy Dunch, 24 years in the fire department, if I'm not there, who behind me is going to take over that role, right? We have to make sure that we're doing our part yeah. for the next guy. Hey, Joe, when I'm not here, brother, you're like, right. I need you to kind of just roll into yeah, this role. Yeah, and that falls on the responsibility that you guys talk about, the senior man. The senior yeah. man. And yeah. the culture of the firehouse. I remember the other place I was a captain. Two kids joined. I brought them in. First thing I showed them was the firehouse. Went through the, the walls. You know, here's your chief. Here's your ex-chiefs. Here's a couple jobs. Welcome. You know, here's what we run. Any questions, talk to these three guys or your oldest guys. Talk to this guy who's next chief. And that kid right now, what was he, a first lieutenant now? Great kid. You know, obviously, like I said, call volumes down. But he's still there every week. He's always there. And you, you can just tell, like, his persona at the house, at least, is completely different. Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe maybe it's that early introduction into the into the culture of it, the tradition of it. Because you can, you can get a guy that joins and says, yeah, I'm here for the T-shirt and the pager. And all he comes with blue lights his way down, and you know what you know what I think is pretty wild is like we you know we talked about it. And we're gonna have to cut in a minute anyway. Seven just sent us a note, but I just want to hit on this, and, I'm, and we'll cut out for a minute. Um, everybody joins for their own reasons, mm -hmm. but I truly think that if somebody's willing to join, we have the opportunity to engage them. Oh yeah, you right? The, you walk through those doors, right? We you can pull you through the that, door. That's right. <laughs> so we then fail if we can't keep them. I'll give you that. Or at least understand why we couldn't keep them. Yeah. Listen, there's always external, you know, situations mm -hmm. and circumstances that, like, they just can't do it. Time committed. Yeah, I yeah. realized I didn't know what went what into it. But at the end of the day, when we lose people, typically it's our fault. Typically, in the volunteer fire service, when people leave, it's our fault as an institution. Oh, yeah. We didn't do enough to embrace them, to keep them here, mm -hmm. to educate them, to train them, to let them fit in. I mean, these are all things, right? Yes. Are we going to have a few that like just didn't get it or couldn't get it or whatever? Sure, right? That's life. But at the end of the day, I firmly believe that most of our departments have the flaw that we don't work hard enough in valuing our own people. We have to be empathetic to our people, and we have to understand what everybody's there. Everybody's there for their own reasons, mm -hmm. and they have their own expectations for themselves. And we have to embrace that on the volunteer side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just throw that out there, and I think maybe it's a good spot just to cut real quick. We'll come back in a few minutes. But, um, you know, I just, I just think that we, as a volunteer service, need to do a better job 
um, really capturing our own culture and mm -hmm. building our departments. And if we do that, I think the volunteer fire service is going to be okay. Definitely. So, anyway, why don't we, we'll cut real quick. We're being told by tech to cut. Cut. Cut, cut. 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 So we ended our la the last, about 30 seconds ago on, talk about values. Yep. And, you know, we've talked a lot for the last hour or so about our platform and training and your platform, which is culture and the senior man and everything like that. My question to you guys is, when there's a crappy culture in a firehouse, when there's a crappy senior guy, who changes it? How do you change it? Who, who's, who's the responsible party in that? It's generally going to come down, like you said before, to one of those groups, the cliques, that decides but to do something about the, it. The problem is, you know... But sometimes they're not powerful enough to actually grab other people yes. and, and bring them in. And that's how, do, how, do you change, how do you change a place that's sinking and you don't want it to sink and you're doing everything that you can for it not to sink? But you're only doing so much. Then it's like I, minds. I think you have I mean, to try to grab as many as you can and try to change what's yeah. going on. It comes on. back to what you were saying, dude. Positivity. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a contagious. And get rid of the negative people. And don't, don't engage them as much. Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for they the want, engagement. They want that. Like we were talking about the trollers. Same thing. But you have them. But they're in your face this time. So, you know, you have to then find other people that are like you are. And try to. This is Jeremy from National Fire Radio. <laughs> no, Tucker, go, 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 go! I'm just busting a chop. I mean, I I have a whole load of, I, to say, but Rob, yeah, do it, man. So, like, I don't want to say I had a crappy senior guy. I had the perception of a crappy senior guy. Okay. And I had the best senior guy out there, but like, what do you, wait, 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 wait. What do you what do you mean by that? I don't necessarily. He just appeared crap. No, no, no. He Hold really on. wasn't no, crap. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Perceived. So I, 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 can, I can talk about it by, by name because Craig won't be upset. So and I, it was on our show. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was that much of a shit bag when we were on our show. Everybody has a chance. There was a lot of people who had pre perceived as a lazy senior man or not a good senior man because of his attitudes and like he was just he was at the end of his career which he fully will admit to anybody so he was he going to coddle or keep the environment cold for a snowflake in the street who is wasting his time on the ambulance and wasting um, the taxpayers time like he was going to tell somebody hey you, oh, you have a you have a toe ache, a, a toe ache, and your tooth hurts. All right, cool. Walk on, walk on into the ambulance, and people would take that as like not motivation. Okay. So, or when right. he was on fire scenes, he was no nonsense. But what he really was was he was the awesome senior man, and he just needed somebody like I don't want to say to be on his side, but like I came in and I was like, hey, Craig's the senior guy, and I'm gonna give him the senior guy responsibility because that's really what happened. Nobody ever said to him, you're the senior man of the shift. These are my expectations for you, and we're gonna get this together. I'm I'm the a-hole as the officer. Like I'm gonna have to come out and be that guy mm -hmm. occasionally. I need you to be the cheerleader in the locker room, getting the getting the troops riled up and getting them behind uh, whatever needs to you know whatever they need to move forward. And then he became a great senior guy. And then like he started sharing that information because for years people would complain he's not sharing the information, but he never had the platform to share that information. So in that one angle that's one way of doing it and then the second one is like seniority is not necessarily um in a, in a rank or in a um in, in a number Correct. and like 
we had like my current group as it sits. I got our, our friend Joe, as we jokingly say for, for Joe. And I have uh, Michael Conroy, who's on the show previously. And then we have Han Solo, who's a new guy, who's always got a question. And he always asks it. Lieutenant, I'll have a question. <laughs> but, um, but, Is like, that the guy who can't handle his beer? Alright, let's move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, um, but like when it comes down to the experience, like seniority, my friend Joe there, he's got the seniority, but Conroy had more time on the job. Mm, yeah. And no, no disrespect to Joe, it was like, I, I've had four years on, Conroy's got seven or eight. So I said to him, I was like, listen, when, we, when it's hitting the fan, we're looking, you guys are looking to Conroy for, for that advice. If you're going down that hallway, I'm outside. Like if Conroy tells you to do something, you do it. You follow his, like his, his words out of the, on the scene are my orders. Like I'm gonna trust him to do that. And that's what my expectation was of them. So like when it comes to that person who's being negative or if they're, I don't wanna say if they're that um, lost cause, but if the ship's sinking and that compartment is damaged, you, what, what do they do in the Navy? They, they shut off that compartment and they lose it. And then the rest of the ship survives. So you may have to tell that senior guy like, hey man, it's time to sit down and talk about your our expectations and what you're not meeting. And it's not a comfortable conversation to have. But that's part of the two-way street in the fire yeah. service. You know? Or and you may find out like from them, like, well, actually, you're not meeting my expectations. And there may be some like so be be prepared for that self-reflection. Looking yeah, in the mirror is very tough to do yeah. for most people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Alright. You're in. <laughs> no, I you know, give me the question again. And I'm, I'm not being I'm being serious. Give me the question. Can you can you can use you, it? In the you, can you fix a sinking ship? That's the, the basic right. question. Is how do you, how do you fix a sinking ship? If exactly. it's how would you? How you know, how would you? How how could? And you? that's it. So I, I think like there's obviously a thousand other follow up questions to that, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're in a department that is not meeting your expectations, or or we're not fulfilling the duty of what we're supposed to be there for, mm -hmm. maybe we go that route, right? We have a sworn expectation to protect life and property. It's just what we do. Everything about us gets put on the back burner when it's all about the core mission. So you have to make sure, one, that the department's there for the right reason. And if it's not, that has to be righted. How do you write that? I don't know. I do know this. There's always in an organization a structure of people that actually care. Right? Yeah. And we talk about the 10%, 90%, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about this the other night. We could talk about it again, right? I think what we have to be very careful about is, is that if you're on a sinking ship, there's two things to do, right? One, we talked about not lowering your own standards. So sometimes sinking ship, you got to get off. Two, if it's viable and it can be fixed, you fix it. Mm -hmm. It depends what you want and how you want it, right? Like it's called hard work. Everything in life takes work and everything we do in life requires super hard work. The living I make and the, the living I give my children and my wife is based on my back of hard work, right? What we do at National Fire Radio is based on hard work. Like nothing's given to you for free. The way you make an organization work is based on hard work. When we take it for granted and we don't work hard is when things start to slip. When mm -hmm. things start to slip, it slips quick. When we give people the ability to slip, when we allow for mediocrity, when we allow for not fulfilling and following rules and following regulations and living up to the expectation that the department has for you, we slip. What we have to do as managers, one, we have to get rid of the nonsense, right? Nonsense and negativity always fuels 
and it's it spreads like a wildfire mm-hmm. versus positivity. Positivity can take ten years to get something done correctly. Negativity could take ten days, mm-hmm. right? Inherently, we are a negative society. Look at just politics. Look at today's society. Mm-hmm. Everything is based on negativity and fear and not the positive, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes a couple of those guys. You want to talk about senior guys? Yeah. It might not be the guy with 20 years. It might be a guy with 10 years. But that 10-year guy is a leader. It takes a leader. We're lacking leaders in the fire service. Yeah. All the way around. We're lacking guys that are willing to stand up for what's right. We're lacking guys that are willing to stand up for the cause. We're lacking guys that are willing to be men. Like years ago, the best thing that happened was there was a disagreement, the guy slugged it out, and they came back to the table. Now we're afraid to confront. We're afraid. I I had something bothering me last night, and I made a phone call to make sure that it wasn't me overreacting. Mm -hmm. I thought that I did something, that I wronged somebody. Mm -hmm. That was like, it was eating me up, and I said, I gotta gotta call this guy and make sure. I could have just let it sit and stew. Mm and make it worse than it could have been, turned out to be nothing. It was my, it was just me being overly caring because that's really how I am. I mean, I'm a big guy with a big mouth, but at the end of the day, like I'm incredibly empathetic to everybody. And so, you know, and I think that's what fuels a lot of why I do this, right? Because I love the fire service and I love all of you guys that you love the fire service. And so, you know, I, that just fuels this whole thing. And so for me, it's like positivity, man. You gotta, you gotta get guys in line you got to have rules and regulations. you got to have the ability to understand the core mission. And, you know, we've talked about this. We've talked about it many times. It all comes down to hustling, hard work, dedication. And if you're not about that, don't hinder the guys that are. Right? If you're a member of an organization and you might not be the leader, you might not be an alpha dog, you might not be a guy that has this incredible drive and desire to do better. Like me, I hate status quo. I, whether it's my career, whether it's National Fire Radio, whether it's my family, whether it's anything, I hate status quo. I always think it can be better, right? There's nothing in my life that I go, I'm, this is awesome. Everything is great. Like, life is good, right? The day that we do that is the day we're not moving, right? Yeah, it's like being a shark. There's another quote out there. It's like, sharks don't stop. Right. They can't. It's a similar thing. You keep going, right. you keep going, you keep eating, you keep feeding, you keep moving forward. Right. No matter what it is, you know, for, our, for, for both of us, content or platforms or whatever. Right. You know, in the firehouse, whether, all right, we got a new rig. We trained on it. Keep cleaning it, my man. It, it doesn't matter. Like you said, like, you know, mm-hmm. when we travel, you see it. We all see it. You go out west, those guys, it's like, you can eat off, eat off of those rigs. It's, oh, I, I don't get it. Westville, New Jersey, we talked about it before. Those <laughs> rigs... That engine was 20 years old. It looked like yeah. it was brand new, right. man. It's crazy. Like, it was unbelievable. Guys don't stop. And that's what maintains that drive to better yourself. And, and it comes down to yourself. You know, yeah, you might be in a shitty house, but if you want to keep learning, you'll pick up a book. But that's what read. I was talking about before. Exactly. Right? It's, and it's just You have to have it. Right. So if you're on that sinking ship, Mike, I don't know. I don't know. And what the, I just want to say, too, like the other thing is there's a, a, a great thing that was said to me from... Uh, from a guy who got burned uh, in a pretty bad fire, and he said, you could do the right thing, you can do the wrong thing, but the worst thing you can do is absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. and that'll get you killed. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when people get in those situations, they get stuck in that little loop where they don't want to get out of it, and mm-hmm. um, they'll, they'll, they won't do anything. So you have to take an action. You may not make the right decision, you, but like, and, and failure is success, because if you, you have a failure, you're going to learn from yeah. it. So do something to get your, like, just do something, but don't sit there and do nothing and let the ship in the ship. And, and that's a big thing. We all see in, in various aspects, like you said, life, family, mm-hmm. houses, or whatnot. Like you said, don't settle for mediocrity. 
always push. If you don't have a certain tool and you've been denied it 50 times, well, find another way to ask for it, you know, or show the evidence why you need it. Keep pushing. All right, it might not work, but at least you, your company, and everybody you represent knows there's still, a, you know, a common drive. And it's not just, hey, we need a new truck. Why do you need a new truck? I agree. Explain it. See, it's funny because a lot of people think that I'm a bully. Right? No, I'm serious. Like in my professional world, in the firehouse, how I how I do things in life, I'm not a bully at all. What I am is I, I believe in myself mm -hmm. and I believe in my way. And unless you can prove to me that your way is better, and I'm not meaning proving, but mm -hmm. if you tell me you want to go do something, right guys? Like I'm like, go do it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Go do it. But I expect you to do it. But it's my way unless you can tell me your way is better. That's not being a bully. What that is is I believe in myself and my convictions, mm -hmm. and I know I know myself and I know my drive. Where I'm going with this is everybody's entitled to do it their way, but it's in my world, I am so strong in my affirmation that I think it has to be my way. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you can tell me it's your way because this is X, Y, and Z, and you believe in yourself and you believe in your process, then, man, I'll sit back and let you fly. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what it's about, right? Like people don't do that. People can't do that. People have a hard time conveying their message. People have a hard time trying to talk. And this is what we talked about before. When we get back from something, sit down for five minutes and talk. It takes a facilitator to do that. Everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid to talk. Everybody always has their guard up high, which is crazy, man. Like if you ask the guys in my firehouse, they know everything about me, mm -hmm. right? They do. They, they know about my, they know my wife, they know my kids, they know every, like, I'm an open book. Yeah. I got nothing to hide. A lot of people are always worried about perception. They're worried about what people think about them. Like National Fire Radio, I could give two shits what you think about us. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for us. I'm doing it for the fire service, yeah. right? I'm doing it for the greater good. If you don't like my content, great. Unfollow. Right, like, <laughs> you're not gonna, my feelings aren't hurt. Exactly. Right, and, and so, you know, and that's where I'm kind of going with this is like, that's what it's all about. So, Mike, back to your sinking ship, man. I don't know if you can write a sinking ship. Some ships are just going to sink. The Titanic sank. But you nothing might be they able to hold done. it up for a while or, so that someone and, else or think about this. can come in and help right. you to rebuild right. it. Right. Or, or you find a way to make it better. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know, the volunteer fire service is sinking. Right? It is. Yeah. But what's making it sink even faster are the guys that are willing to bury their heads in the sand and pretend there's not a problem. It's that we got by today because we had a couple guys around, thank God, yeah, what happens right? Tomorrow? What happens mm -hmm. tomorrow? And when we bury our heads in the sand and we pretend that there's not a problem and we all face the same problems, right? They, it, it's the fire service. Even the career fire service, these departments are hindered by their staffing. What's your staffing at work? Three guys on a rig. Three guys on a rig, right? Three guys. So you're hampered yeah. in your duties to perform. Now, you're held by budget restraints mm -hmm. and everything else, right? I got that. Yeah. But the volunteer service is still very much the same in the fact that we have a lot of jobs to do with less people, mm -hmm. right? If we pretend that that's not an issue, if your city doesn't fight for more people, mm -hmm. if our volunteer service doesn't try to put more people in our mill, get them in the volunteer mill and get them in and trained and love our institution, we're going to lose. Yeah. But if we're trying and trying, we're doing our best, right? At least try. You have to try. At least try. When you bury your head in the sand and pretend there's not a problem is when you lose. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes a sinking ship is going to sink, right? Yeah. That's just fact. It's fact. But if you have a culture, if you have that tradition in the roots in that department, 
that fuel the growth. You might hit a speed bump, right? You might be at a place right now or a crossroads in your hometown department where you're like, man, it used to be so good. Now it's not so good, but you have a shitty chief or a shitty mm -hmm. boss or a shitty senior man, right? You can fix those. It's finding a way to fix it. It gets, you have to be creative. Sometimes you have to take a stand. Sometimes you've got to grow a set of balls. Mm -hmm. um, balls so are lacking in the firehouse. Yeah. Plain and simple. And sometimes you have to think about, um, I, I hate using the word manipulation because it's really for, it's a game but it's a game like Absolutely. sometimes like for there's been times where i've been where i've been south and i like they're all kind of sitting around and i'm like hey i uh you know if at work the other day we were doing this do you mind if i you know take some of the new guys and show them and if you want i'll even write up the uh the training outline for you so that way you can put it in the computer mm -hmm. no problem and that officer who's kind of being lazy and sitting on the couch will be like yeah you know what thanks i appreciate it because they may have like in that moment, the weight of the world on their shoulders, and I and I know this because it's happened to me. And then like I, I go and do that, mm -hmm. and then they come out afterward. Oh, hey, thanks. I, I really wasn't thinking about doing anything tonight because X, Y, and Z. So it's always you know initiative is probably the the, the but, key word. But the hard part, and I, and I talk about this all the time because the fire service is a hundred percent initiative. Yeah. On the training end, we train guys to take initiative, mm -hmm. but we train them to take initiative. Mm. No, but. Understand, right? Like, I disagree with that. Well, no, no, go, let's talk about that because, go ahead. So I, I think that in the fire service, we, I, I think that we've gotten to a point now where we're training, we're training for failure, not initiative. Because like you think about the, the, um, the, the soup and nuts of our fire training, like fire one school mm -hmm. and Dave Mellon, I, you know, who's going to be out at fire X talk has talked about this. Like, what do we teach our, our probationary members to do? Don't put the fire out when you get in there. Hit it real quick. I understand. Okay. That aspect. I think. I think. I think it's it's systematic because, like, right in in the like I took essential firefighting for uh, for all the New Yorkers out there. So like this was a like balls to the walls firefighting kick ass class. And like my instructor was John Household, and I'm like he gave me the great foundation to be an awesome firefighter. Um, but I think that when we take something like a live burn and the first time we're bringing firefighters into a building, and we're telling them don't put the fire out. Or like we're making it so that like the heat dampers kick off mm. at three hundred degrees and it ventilates all the heat out. Like we're setting them up for failure, so that it's almost like, in one one aspect, this most important part of the training, we're giving them like that timeout card. Or you know. I I get that, but let let's let's take it where I where I kind of take okay. it right. Is where I'm thinking is you know firefighting. It's great. You go to the fire academy and they teach you. You have a buddy. It's the buddy system. Ba ba ba. Guess what? Real world, it's not. Mm -hmm. When you're assigned to a three-man truck, mm -hmm. three-man truck, and you're the OV or you're the roof, guess what? If you don't have initiative, your job's not going to get done, yeah. right? And, and that's, so that's the other end of the spectrum, right? It's like, you're the OV, you're the guy from the rear. You guys posted that Christiana video the other day. It was great, man. That guy giving reports from the rear. Mm -hmm. Like, you, typically the OV and the roof firemen are more senior firemen, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. just fact, right? Yeah. So I get that. But we don't always have that luxury. So we have to teach and instill those values into these guys that they have to be able to take that initiative to know when to take glass, when not to take glass, when to open doors, when to, when to cut the roof. Like these are all tasks that are largely based on taking initiative. The problem is it's very, very difficult to teach initiative mm -hmm. because that's where, when we talked about it the other day, about typically we're all A personalities in the fire service. We're all leaders. Mm -hmm. You have to take initiative. When you're a leader, you take initiative. Yeah. When you're a follower, you follow. 
So followers need to learn by example, and then we can get them there, but they're still going to be hesitant about whether they should take that glass or not. But we're, the, we're also a pseudo-military operation. True. So people look at the hierarchy and they expect things to mm -hmm. come down, and a lot of times they may not mm -hmm. take the initiative, especially if they're new. Right. So, so where I'm where I'm taking this is take it from the fire ground where initiative is imperative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. To do your job, but then take it another step further and take initiative to the firehouse. If if we don't have guys that are willing to take initiative, they won't speak up. They're not going to make change. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want change. They're not going to want to, you know, train. They're not going to want to grab rod, rod. Let's go. Let's go force a door. Let's go out and do right. this. Let's do equipment checks. Like all these things. Right. Initiative is what it's all about and it's either you I, i'm a firm believer that you either have it or you don't it goes to that alpha dog type mentality you either have it or you don't and if you don't have it we try to teach it to you and try to instill and through repetition you get comfortable with making decisions but you still won't take initiative to do other chores and tasks maybe i'm wrong mm -hmm. no, that's me but before the break you know we, we started yeah. to touch on it it's up to the house and the guys in the house to build that environment, or at least bring you into that environment and have that environment. Allow for it to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So don't be like, oh, everyone's here, whatever. We're not going to. No, give him the opportunity. If the kid wants to be there every day of the week for an hour a day, absolutely, he might be the most annoying person in the world. Right. But if he's there putting in all that time, give him a shot. Because you're not there every day of the week. Right. So, mm -hmm. all right, you know, yeah, he might need an extra couple years to catch another couple fires or something, but... The kid's there, you know, drive him, let him, let him take the wheel a little bit. Obviously, guide him, teach him this way and that way, you know, really mentor him at that point. But, oh, I, brother, I keep, agree. Keep the like, wheels the, turning, you The know? best thing you can do is embrace our fellow brothers and especially the new kids. Embrace them, make them feel wanted, make them feel warm mm -hmm. and fuzzy, and then give them some responsibilities way outside their realm. Teach them that, right? Yeah, yeah. also, like, uh, you have a scene, and uh, it was slow to start out as a volunteer scene. So, you know, uh, engine company roll up, and the engine guy is in charge. Mm -hmm. Well, the chief rolls up, and in some companies, as soon as the chief rolls up, he's in charge. Yeah. But that's really not the way it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, you should explain to him the scene. He may already know because he's on his way, but... A lot of times you shouldn't take that job from this guy. You know, mm -hmm. say, hey, you got this. You need anything? How is that? Kind of like, you know, the way we do things as coordinators. I'm not there to do anything for you mm -hmm. unless you ask. I, and, and that's what the role of the chief should be sometimes. Because he should let that younger person, you're going to take yeah. it. Yeah. But if I see you screwing up, you yeah. know, I'm going to, hey. You gotta, you gotta do this. Yeah. Part of our problem in the fire service is having chiefs or leaders that aren't managers. Mm. We put people in positions that probably on paper look like they belong there, but in the social world and and how to manage people. You know what? I I run a business. I have employees. Like I manage people every yeah. single day. Right on the fire ground, I manage or I used to manage people. Now I'm just nobody. But, you know, like, those are the things, right? But there aren't many good, and I'm not saying I'm a good manager, but I like to think I am. Yeah. But there's not many good managers out there. But that's because a lot of chiefs don't understand the capabilities of the people below them because they haven't been watching. And, and you need to 
say, oh, well, you know, I know you're great at extrication, but as a house fire, you're not going in because I know what you do. And you have to know each person's thing and then yeah, try to it. use them when they're on the scene. That way. Can I get some? I was trying to get them to talk. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think there's that. And especially in the volunteer service, I think there's also just that feeling of entitlement and progression. Yeah, once you're means, there, once you're I there, learned you know, yeah, that. Then, yeah. That means, oh, I count on seven years I'll be a fire chief. Why? Why is it that you just feel that you're entitled to be the fire chief? There's, oh, there, there's I, no, but you know what I mean. There's no I answer. absolutely know what you mean. I mean that's it's just they, you can count on one hand. You're like, oh, okay. you're at work. The guy sucks. We know he sucks, but he wants a raise, so he's gonna take the test. And the guy who's gonna take the test is gonna pass over the guy who should get it mm-hmm. because he wants the raise. It's that feeling of entitlement. I think that is also killing us. I really, I, it's just the progression and entitlement. Well, and in the in the career service, we were I was talking to uh, Jeff Dykes. He owns a uh, Northern Star Fire. And he does this, like, he's got this little compass and it goes into a SCBA mask. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying it out at work right now. But uh, he, he's in Wisconsin. We were out at Fox Valley Technical College. But, <laughs> we uh, flew out of there. Douche. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, a they, but the technical colleges or the community colleges in Wisconsin are in, in charge of the, the career hiring process. Mm-hmm. And so, because, like, right when I walked in, I was like, this is a CPAT setup. And if, you, if you've ever went through a CPAT, you know what it looks like. And you're like, oh, and I start having, like, post-traumatic stress. Of those, <laughs> like, oh, I hope I get through this. Like, I'm sweating, you know. But um, Jeff was telling me that at his technical college where he works, like, the amount of recruits are down. And there's, like, two people that are now taking the test. Those who want to be firefighters and then those who want a paycheck. Yep. And... Like, that's just, it's a whole other issue that, yeah, like, so even, like, we talk about, like, volunteer issues in the, in the fire service, it's, it's a it's career issue, too, and we just yeah, haven't it, realized it's, it yet. You know, it, it's, like you said, we just haven't realized it yet. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the problems that we have. It's a major problem. Yeah. Well, okay, so, you know, you posed a huge question at us. Let's, let's ask just this question in general, right? What fuels the entitlement? Why do we allow it to happen? Why do why do we think entitlement is okay? Right? Like it's it, I think entitlement sucks. And I'll yeah. tell you this. We talked about this the other night and I'll talk about it again. Fire service owes you nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could you could be the most active guy and put in the most time out of anybody, go to the most calls, have the most training, right? And I'm talking about volunteer end, right? Mm-hmm. I, career, fine. Volunteer end? You could be the most active guy. You could have the most responses, the most training. You could be everything in the firehouse, right? Have a key to everything, mm-hmm. right? You're not entitled to anything more than maybe me or the other guy that yeah. shows up 10% of the time. The fire service doesn't owe you jack shit. You owe the fire service everything. Oh, yeah. You sign up to this institution. It's all about the job. It's not about you. And Sebi said it best the other night. We talked about it. And, you know, you go into it with expectations, you're going to lose. When you have expectations, you're always going to be disappointed. If you walk into it without expectation, you win every single time. And so this entitlement bullshit, you're not entitled to anything. You should work for everything that you have. And you should be happy that the department gave you a t-shirt. The department gave you a turnout gear. There's departments in this this state, not in the state, maybe in the state, but in this country, you have to buy your own stuff. Like you don't even, your entitlement you're not entitled to anything when you join because we can't afford we to can't give afford you anything. It. But thank God you're here. Yeah. So you know what? For the guys that come from affluent communities or communities where you get a lot for you being there, suck it up, buttercup. You're lucky. Yeah. 
go to a department that's got nothing, right? Like, you're not entitled to anything. So entitlement in the fire service is bullshit. Plain and simple. We do it because we love it. We do it for the job. We do it for the craft. We do it for self-entitlement. Self I do it for myself. I love serving the community. I grew up in my town. I've been a fireman there 24 years. I love doing it for the people. I love helping people. But truthfully, I do it for me. It's a, you know, it's the rush. It's the excitement. It's the personal satisfaction. It's the brotherhood. It's the friends that I get to make. Like, it's all of that, right? But that place doesn't owe me shit. And when I leave tomorrow, what do I get? Nothing. And that's the thing. Like, we have to understand that. As a, as a fire service, this job was here before us. It's going to be here mm -hmm. after us. Exactly. Me and my little portion, my only job is to give my time. If I can give 50 years to the fire service, those 50 years need to be my 50 best years, and I need to try to make it better than what I found it at. Mm -hmm. But when I leave, I get nothing in return. So you're not entitled. You're not entitled to check shit. You can go, if you run 500 runs a year and you do 499 calls and you go to every single training event and you mop the floors and you clean the urinals, at the end of the day, thank you. That's all you get. You got to be good with that. If you're yeah. not good with that, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. And, and that's hard to thank you. That's hard to swallow, all brother. Time. People so have a hard time swallowing. Sucking it up. Too. People have a hard time swallowing. Right. Jay, I want a question on that. Though. Shoot. So speak up. What, what, what if it's now? I got this one up here. Okay. So what if it's nowadays? You know, it's that everybody gets a trophy mentality. Right. Yeah. You've got those guys, that, yep. especially in the volunteer houses. You know, you make. X amount of holes yep. per year. Yeah, respond. You're the top responder. You're the biggest, the chief's ass wife. Like we got them all. But then look at Westville, like when we went, right? Right. Everybody was held to the same standard. Right. Everybody was required to. You come in. You're helping clean the trucks after every right. single call. I agree. You do this. You do that. It doesn't matter if you're a line officer. If you're the probie, you're right. doing the same damn thing. Right. There's no. Everybody gets an award for doing this, this, and that. It's just the standard. Right. And it's the way that they run and operate. That maybe that it's, could be where that sense of entitlement is coming from. And it's I think cool. that's and that's where like we see the departments that excel. Like the one, and I know up by us, like, you know, like we're, we're dying to get them on the show. Um, but like Ulster Hose, they have those requirements and they hold people right. to the standard. And if you don't meet the standard, it's bye bye. Right. And I think, like, we saw it in Westville, it's, you know, yeah. in that locker room. Like, the, yeah. you got the, you, you got what you got out of the locker at the locker room where all the gear was. I, I got responsibility. Right yeah. when I walked in, there was like a, there was a, a sign hanging on a, on a gear locker that said out of service. And I said, What's this about? And I said, they didn't meet their annual training, so this yeah. way, like, if they're in the firehouse, like, now they know that they can't go on a call, and, like, you as the officer know they can't go on a call. And we have that around us. We do, too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. huh. But, but I, you have to look at it this way, right? We, we mentioned it before, like, Christiana Fire Company, right? Mm -hmm. I went there. I sat with those guys at their kitchen table for, like, two hours one night and didn't record a stitch of content. Sat there because I wanted to learn about them, and I'm mm -hmm. so excited to get back there. I just talked to them last night. I'm so excited to get back there, right? Hi, Anthony. Hi, Ryan. The, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but where I'm going with this is this. That's a department of many yeah. that are really squared away. And what's their secret sauce? And why does it work so well for them, right? That's what we need to figure out. But the problem is, is that their guys, or not, this isn't a problem. The problem in the general fire service is mostly guys are in it for themselves, mm -hmm. and they expect something in return. I love the argument, or I love when a guy goes, this is bullshit, I'm out of here. You know what? I'm out of here. I'm not coming back. Okay, great. Don't come back. Like, we're going to be fine without you. Like, we'll be down a guy. 
might hurt a little bit, we'll be fine. The place was here before you, it's going to be here after you. When you're in it for something, we lose. And that goes from a chief on down. When we, listen, the volunteer fire service is guilty all over the place. We have chiefs that are in for 20 years. What value, and I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying a lot of people get put in a position and they stay there. Yeah. And they get comfortable. But you can't tell me that they're bringing incredible value on their 20th year in a position. Exactly. It's very hard to understand that. I was talking to Mike earlier, I think, in the, at the gym about this. Is you know, you, you might break chops at other companies and departments or whatever, but if you see consistent turnover, there's a plan. You know, one of the towns of us, it's, hey, you became captain. All right, yeah, maybe in seven years you'll be chief, but this is what's expected of you in these next seven years. You're going to go from here to here to here to here. Right. You have to still hit all the marks, but right. here's your succession plan. Right. And, I mean, that's a whole other beast is, like, do you have them? Do you not do them? You know, it's it's beneficial in some places. It hurts in some places, but that will always keep the gears grinding and I moving. Think, I think there needs to be a succession plan, and there needs to be you know goals met. The problem that it is is, I I think people are put into that position, and they're doing the bare minimum to meet that goal, and it, it's seen to the public. Well, okay, you know, Bobby's at training every Thursday, and he's meeting that goal. Give him that shot. Okay, put him up there. He met, he met every point, and you know what? He may be great. But then you get the guy who just did it to do it to do it to do it, and then where are we? We're at the yeah. same, we're at, we now have a guy at the top who doesn't give a shit about the guy on the bottom. Oh, but and like, I think that's a problem. He was saying, and I guess we all kind of are, you get people that move up the ranks because they've done what they're supposed to, but they don't have that certain something. They, they don't know their men. Uh, they can't make decisions. Uh, you don't want somebody wanting and running a big fire that's starting to get out of control that really doesn't know tactical firematics and won't has too much of an ego to ask somebody, hey, yeah, I, you know, I mean, that's a big killer. Come on over ego. here. I got this I got this problem. You know, people don't like failure, so mm -hmm. but in the fire service, it's all about the customer. So we have to throw all that mm -hmm. aside and try to bring the best thing together to, to get where we're going. I think the other thing, too, is like really what it comes down to it. At the end of the day, everybody here has watched Band of Brothers. And if you haven't watched Band of Brothers, go out and watch it. Yeah. Because you see... Look, Roger <laughs> took it right from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really didn't do that, boy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, we'll right, cut that there. Yes. These are firefighters. Fire, 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 right, right. Brotherhood. Um, Thanks, but, Rob. Like, the 101st, Easy Company, we, like you, there's a great book out there, Conversations with Dick Winters, and he talks about being that leader, and he talks about the culture that he uh, promoted in 101st. What? Childish. Yes. You were yeah. talking about Dick Winters. Switch yeah. on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you're in. Chad, you're up. You look at the success of the Normandy invasion with the airborne troops, and they didn't even land where they were supposed to. But I knew his job, and he knew mine. You knew mine. We all knew each other's, and we knew Jeremy's job as the leader because he was the first one out the door, and he was the first one that got whacked. Mm -hmm. And then, and and now, somebody had to pick the megaphone up. <laughs> but we all were able to like move forward, and like we talk about the ego, like Captain Sobel. He was the guy who had the ego, right? And what ended up happening to him, the people, like, they took action. We always, we, we talk about it, it was right thing, the wrong thing, or doing nothing. 
those NCOs had the opportunity to go into battle with him, mm-hmm. and they were like, screw this, we'll face a firing squad before we're going to go in with this yeah. tyrant. And, 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 and again, it falls back on the training. As long as your department's open to discuss what everybody, you know, the probie knows what the chief's doing, and the chief knows what the probie's doing, I think you're going to have a successful, at least you have the, the outline. A little more open. I, I don't know if it necessarily entirely falls on the training. I mean, the training mm-hmm. aspect is a huge part of it, no doubt. But when it comes down to ego and everything, the ego is what kills people. And because mm-hmm. I feel people have egos because they're not challenged. When you're not challenged, you no, can't I'll, learn to I'll, attack. I'll well, tell you what ego. Do you think are. egos are necessary? Ego is insecurity. Right. To an extent, Wait, it's necessary. If you have an ego, you're insecure. Mm-hmm. Guys that typically talk the loudest and bark the loudest are the most yeah. insecure. Right. Plain and simple, and like, and that's tough for me to say because I typically have a big mouth, typically out front. But like, I'm mine is confidence. It's not ego. It can be yeah. mistaken for as ego, but mine's co- I I'm confident. Like you'll see, I'll sit back. Like we do some interviews, and I sit back and I don't talk for quite a while. It's very I, rare. It might be, <laughs> but when I do, it's because I'm absolutely listening because I'm taking it in and saying, "Wow, man, this is like this is this is value. This is good." Those are solid I, brothers doing I, solid brother things. Why do Why are you here? Home run, baby! <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, no, but uh, what? Bringing it back, you, let's say you take something as simple as hitting a hydrant, right? And you bring your whole company out. You could go back to where I started. You bring all thirty of us out on the line to do it, and you make sure that everybody goes through it. Egos are going to be put aside. If the oldest guy can't do it or at least tell you how to do it, you're credibly shot. I don't care if you were chief 30 years in a row. Keeps my man. If you, exactly. Oh, I agree. If you That's my favorite it, shit in the world. I love it. Or at least, you know. It's game time. Be, be, you know, be humble enough to be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And now, like, we've been in that situation, you know, in our place where the guys think, oh, I know how to pump. Here's a 10,000-page test. And you're like, okay, you know, can you do it? Well, I'm testing you. Well, I understand that. Yeah. But how do you what about thinking Listen, we did we did an SCBA yeah. drill. Lights out, packs all apart, blindfolded, right? Yeah. Put your SCBA together, take it get it on, get it right, it's totally yeah. taken apart. It's already apart. Put it all together. Your bottles over here, your harness mm-hmm. over here. I roll in there, I'm like, no problem. I've been doing this for how many years, right? I roll in there. This kid with like three years on me destroyed me by like four minutes, five minutes. Like destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Right? And I finally, I sat there, I walked out, and like, you want to talk about, like, I love eating shit. You learn. I love being humble, because yeah. a lot of times, I'm a humble guy when it comes to, like, having you guys here tonight, and it's nice to have you here, and to, like, be able to do this, and X, Y, and Z. But I'm not a big humble pie eater, man. It's hard for me, right? It is, because, I'm, because I'm, a, I'm a leader. I'm, a, I'm the guy out front. But, man, when it happens to me... And I sit back, and I always talk about this. The, the biggest life-changing moment that ever happened in my life was in seventh grade. Kareem Altaki beat the tar out of me. Punched me in the face and gave me the biggest black eye and almost knocked me out in seventh grade. And I was one of the biggest kids in school, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was a totally cheap shot. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> but, right? It was one shot and I was out, right? I mean, he basically knocked me out one shot, right? That was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. And I tell my children this. I have four kids and I tell them all. I go, there's always going to be somebody bigger, stronger, Mm -hmm. better, smarter. Mm -hmm. You do Mm -hmm. everything you can in life to be as best as you can. But there might always be somebody better. That kid whooped me that day. And it was one of the most humbling experiences in my life. And that was seventh grade. I'm 42 years old. 
That's what it's about, man. Mm -hmm. Humble pie. You go to the fire ground, if you're going to fucking expect expectations out of some guys, you better be able to do it yourself. And if you can't, you better check back in, get your brain back in the game, and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. And that, and that, like, that's a big thing. Like, whenever I got into training, but, I mean, going back to the beginning of yeah. this conversation was, a lot of guys that were training me would be like, oh, do this, do this. Like, All right, well, show me. Yeah. I they couldn't show me. It's like, well, I my man, I'm not taking it away from you, but please. There's there's a lot of disconnect in the fire service this day with a lot of that, mm -hmm. right? I know there are instructors that aren't even firefighters anymore. Mm -hmm. We have guys at the training academy that true. don't even run on a, on a department anymore. anymore. They haven't been on a call in 10 years. But they tell yeah. you every fire. Right. Yeah. And so, so the disconnect is this, right? Like, at the end of the day, this also goes back, Rob, to where we started is we have to impress upon the people that listen to us and follow our pages, right? Both popular social media pages. We have to impress upon the fact that whatever content we put out, please digest it mm -hmm. and make it your own. Exactly. Figure out for yourself if it works, if it doesn't work. If that doesn't work, maybe there's a modification that does work for you. But at the end of the day, make it yours. Mm -hmm. Do not blindly believe exactly. everything you're told. And we always we always say that, right? I, I know, like, exactly, right. But and and then I also believe that, let's say you modify something that one of the twenty of us out in the world today put out, Passive send it forward. Send it exactly. Because yeah. what he, the biggest thing that somebody told me on the job was the kid. You know, my cover was blown. Like he'd been in volley forever. You're a super buff. We know. The guy's like, what? What I don't know that you know may kill me or kill you. Right. And that was like I was like holy. Yeah. Like it does, the guy's got twenty years on. Right. And he's telling me that he doesn't know something I know. I should be able to tell him. And it should be just an open channel. And for me, that was my, like, damn. Fire service right. should all be about paying it forward. Mm -hmm. That's it. So, you know. go on, on that note, like, paying it forward, I know that you guys um, have something coming up in Ohio. Yeah, next weekend. Next weekend we'll be at the, uh, and i got to give props to um, Nick over at Brothers Helping Brothers. Yeah. That page um, and that foundation. He's, he's done some great stuff. But uh, they have... A uh, at the Miami. I got. I can't mess it up with my with my uh, my tongue will screw up saying it. But the Miami Valley Fire and EMS Conference. Right. So Mark Van Appen is the keynote on Thursday. We're teaching Friday two classes. Um, and for, like you said, it was humbling. He he reached out to us. He was like, "Dude, we've been following you. I know you through conversations. Like, would you like to teach?" It's great. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. You know, big stage like this. Like, it's awesome. So you know, it's it's crazy. So again, it's. So what, 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 what is, what is this uh, event? So, so the, um, it's a three-day conference, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We got the Friday block. Um, a lot of instructors from, from around the country. There's guys from the, uh, Men, I don't know, whatever it's called, Memphis, Tennessee area. Midwest. Midwest, thank you. Southeast. Right. It's, you know, I, you know, I thought it was just small, but it's, his, his foundation is blowing up. It's doing well. Uh, we got two classes. One's like a squad concept class, like we're doing here tonight, just discussing the idea. But even that, we put out the question on, on the uh, Instagram one day just to see, what do you call a squad? Mm -hmm. right. In New yeah. Jersey, there were 12 different answers. Of course. You know, half of them are ambulances, half of them like, well, I got rescue tools on my rig. One of them's like, I got a ladder on my rig. Right. You know, it's... And even the way we were talking about squads in our squad podcast was completely different. Than, yeah, like, one guy's like, hey, uh, I, was, I was really hoping to learn about technical ropes and asthma. I was like, oh, my bad. I go, well, in the Northeast, a rescue or a squad is more of a, you know, the top dog unit. Like, yeah. that's not how we were thinking. Mm -hmm. And again, that com the conversation you have through, you know, through all the DMs is, as we're all learning, amazing. And then the second one's the, uh, like, the rescue impoundment class. Years ago, I was lucky enough to take uh, 
the PL Vulcan class, mm-hmm. and that just great class, just stuck with me. You know, and, and those guys have fired up their stuff again, one. which is fantastic. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, yeah. it was it was great. Mark shared one of my posts, and I was like, if this guy, the OG in our Mark decade, no, Mark yeah. Gregory, Mark Gregory, okay. he he shared it. I was like, whoa! Like for me, that was like another like, it's yeah. cool. It's a nod. Oh my God, yeah. Right. I was like, this is his content. Right. Giving out, you know. And again, you always pass it forward. You always, mm-hmm. and that's one big thing. We always end our like presentations or everything with this. You always show everybody that's helped you along the road. Because without anybody, you're nobody, in my opinion. You know, you're, you're always building a, a path or, or a legacy, per se. You know, and if, if you don't credit the guys that have helped you out along the way, it's kind of... Because it's bigger than... Exactly. Bigger yeah. than, it's exactly. bigger than you. It's bigger than That's it. It's that simple. When you live by that mantra, and you firmly believe in that, everything you do in the fire service is right. And nobody can have anything against you. Absolute authenticity and being who you are and loving the job and the passion for the craft, you win. That's it. Yeah. It really is that simple. It's just incredible how muddy that gets. Yes. All right. That's it. Yeah. Rob, Amen. what do you think? So we've been going. There. We've been going probably yeah. almost two hours, Sam. I just had to. I think we can wrap. Nobody wants to hear us any longer than that. But, yeah. but let's get enough in today. Any last words? This is your opportunity. I, I do want to. I do want to throw. Want. I do want to throw this out. Um, tonight was fantastic, and the fact that we're neighbors and local, I, you know, we should probably do more of this. Yeah. Um, it was good, and I, I think what what I where I want to go with this um, is this. I, I just want to say that. Um, you know, we look to you guys on the training end, and I think you guys are doing good things. I did notice one thing before that I wanted to mention. You're all wearing flow and vent hats. <laughs> when you talked about when you first started, you said you guys are 20 years old and you like the vent a lot. Is vent for venting? So, so it's a funny story with the, uh, with the logo. Let's go over the logo quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's, it came up. So, yeah, New Age Fire Tactics. Cheesy right. as hell. It was right. essentially almost the C-grade logo. It was a textbook with like a flame on it. Right. Whatever. So, uh, a textbook. You guys, if you ordered t-shirts, you would not have sold. They wouldn't have sold. But I mean, you think of Flow Event, you know, Pete came up with the wording of it, and uh, Sarah, our buddy's girlfriend, made the logo. It encompasses so much. I right. mean, Flow Event. It's literally, we're just spewing ideas at each other, venting about our problems. You know, so you, you, you lose that stress that you could possibly take home or whatever, or to the next call, or just sit at your fireplace and cry all night. You, you let it out. You know, there's been plenty of times I've called him. And you look at it, you're like, eh, I'm flowing vent, you know. Open up, take a window. <laughs> so it was, like a, it was like a twofer. We didn't even, like, the second half didn't even think about it. Oh, I, I just, yeah. like, I, I absolutely yeah. did. That's why I kind of wanted to end on this, right? Uh-huh. It's like... I absolutely see the double entendre, if you will, <laughs> yeah. of, of what it means, right? Well, and you guys fell in. And it just, it just worked. And like you know, like it worked itself out. It's there's yeah. so many more people involved than just the four of us. That's the right. biggest thing. On, on, on the website, I put, you know, the first hands-on. It started by two guys discussing. It went the first hands-on drill was, you know, an hour that with three guys, and then it just blew up with everybody that anybody that's been a part of this. I always say is a part of it. If you had a conversation with us. You're part of flowing that. Right. So it's more than just Oh, it's, we're it's, part of flowing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey. You know, you know what's you know what's <laughs> funny you know, though. How many times I, have, I, we, have I, we sat up I, after a drill and it's just yeah. those I, little ideas just But I firmly believe in that because grow. in everything we do and the departmental visits we do, the people we meet, the people we talk to, the guests we've had in here, like 
without any of that, we have nothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's all about. But again, it goes back to that mantra. It's not about us, it's about them. Yeah. Plain and simple. So you guys are doing good things. And I wish yeah. you nothing but absolute success. And I'm glad we did this time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, yeah it was and we're going to wrap. Yes, sure they we'll have a phenomenal for... studio. Yeah. Right, here we go. <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, we, we'll, we'll talk about it just a little bit. You guys on your one podcast that heard snicker about our studio. That was with the Hook and Can Part 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, I wasn't there for that. So I can't, can't yeah. that Mike's like, I'm out. Mike's yeah. like, I'm yeah. My I don't talk, so I really... You you got you and Sorrentino were like giggling schoolgirls in, in the beginning of that. So of course he was. I'm sure you guys were together three hours before you started recording. But at the end of the day, like I, I just want to hit on that. You know this this space that we have. We always talk about the studio and we make it sound better than it is. But what this is going to be is this is going to be home base for kind of redefining what awesome. we're doing. And so we're excited and we extended invitations to you. Um, and we do that to everybody that um, that is part of our family and part of what we're doing here. Um, this studio is called, it's just home base. And uh, we're going to be able to do a lot of good out of this thing. And so having a space like this is just, yeah. It absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so we're excited. So there's there's a lot of fresh and new stuff that's coming. Um, it's which exciting. It is. It's yeah. a lot of exciting. And, and I think it really to is. get back to what we talked about in the beginning, sorry, Rob, but a lot of exciting stuff comes out of Jersey. Yeah, especially absolutely. this year. Yep. A lot of exciting along. stuff has come out of Jersey. But you know what I like about that is that's great. And I, and I love it because I'm a New Jersey guy through and through. But what I'm excited to see is what's popping up because of that. Yeah. There's, been a, there's been a lot of pages in New Jersey. I mean, what was exciting for me was the fact that we were able to do a couple get-togethers mm -hmm. as New Jersey influencers, right? Like, but a lot of that started in Wildwood where everybody sort of lightly got together. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were all in the same bars and chatting and, hey, you know, we got to mm -hmm. do this. And then it kind of happened. And, you know, that, that helped to bring all that together, those brew chats and mm -hmm. what have you that we've I'm been super, doing. I'm super excited to see where this business is going. Yeah. And I don't need business, us or Just, you. I'm talking about the fire industry. Yeah, yeah it's moving. I, I call it a business. It's the industry. Like, there are so many moving parts, but at the end of the day, like, what's happening in this Instagram movement, Facebook movement, YouTube, like, everything that's being put in are pieces of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. And we're putting that puzzle together and we're kind of redefining where we're going. Yeah. And so I'm just excited for that. I'm excited to see. I was, Rob and I were talking about this, just kind of some yeah. long term stuff. And I'm like, I'm excited to see where we are in five years, ten years. Like, it's crazy. That's yeah. exciting to me. It is. So, it's, it's good. And I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, on that, man, Rob, get us out of here. Everybody, it's Rob, National Fire Radio. <laughs> With Rob, Mike, Mike, and Wordless Chad from, no, I'm just kidding, from Chad, from Flo and Ben. Thanks for joining us. Everybody be safe out there. We'll catch you guys later. Toodles. <laughs>